This is the week of July 29th, and this is MASHCAST number 96. Episode of the Mash Those Buttons Mash Cast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And uh, Mikey Kenny. Apparently, I'm really loud. Yeah, I, I, he moved something in his microphone. It sounded like a metal can, but apparently, it was a towel. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on in the uh, the Kenny household. They're 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 wicked hardcore, apparently. What was with that really terrible British accent right now? That's, that's not Boston. Br- that's Boston. That's Boston. Yeah. This Nick got it. <laughs> right, rate that Nick. On a scale, give me a scale, one to ten. How how bad was it? Well, how good was it? Well, the- I thought it was British. So that's yeah, just- <laughs> it's a terrible British accent. It was identifiable as Boston. I'm gonna give it a six. <laughs> I'll take that because I'm not from Boston. <laughs> I am not from Boston, so it I, was I it, it was right up there with um oh, why can't I think of her name now uh, Julianne Moore uh, doing a Boston accent on Thirty Rock. I don't even yeah I don't I don't watch Thirty Rock so I don't that even was, know it was, know was one of the most well reviled Boston accents on TV in recent history. Really? Okay. Well, if my, at least that's famous and I'm on par with it, I guess. <laughs> I guess you have something. We'll combine that with my three seconds that was an indie game movie. We'll deduct it from my fifteen minutes of fame. Oh man, you're 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 running out, man. I know, right? Like some people still have all fifteen minutes. I know. What are you gonna do? Well no. Save it for something big. Save it for something big. I know. I heard that everybody that was in indie game the movie is a toss pot. Oh yeah, anyway. We'll get to that. <laughs> this is Mashcast number For, 96. Foreshadowing. Yeah, Nick loves foreshadowing. He loves inside jokes, too. Like He'll say something that nobody will ever get outside of this podcast or, like, you know, outside of our private conversations. And I'm just like, why did you say that? <laughs> but anyway. So, someone somewhere will get it. We do, but, like, that's about it. Yeah, I know, right? Like, Nick, Nick's hopeful. Well, like I was saying, this is MASHCAST number 96. Uh, we have a couple things to talk about, some big things happening over the weekend, but first things first, let's talk about what you guys have been playing. Nick, you go first. Uh, what have I been playing? Uh, so a little more Saints Row 3. Um, I finally got up to the, uh, the, the, the sex gimp chariot race that I know <laughs> you were talking about. Yes. So, so that was a shining was, moment in video game history. Yeah, I, I did not expect the the outcome to be that uh, that, that the the gimp would then join your posse. <laughs> I was yeah. not, not expecting that, um, but I guess it's good to have him aboard. So uh, I was enjoying that. Um, I also, as I, I sort of vaguely alluded to last week, I played Castle Storm, um, 
which there's a review up on the site for that. Uh, so it's, I hate comparing it to Angry Birds, but I mean, seriously, it's, it's Angry Birds with, with some troop. Uh, I don't see that. I don't. I don't see it because even you've got I mean, the, it is so, the bird. It is so loosely connected to Angry Birds that it's not even worth mentioning. I don't know. I that well, see the problem is that my that's my favorite part is blowing up the other castle. So as far as like you've got the exploding, you got the exploding apple, you've got the uh, the, the the rock that splits in three. Um, just to explain for people who didn't read the review, you have a castle and the castle you have a ballista and you use the ballista to shoot projectiles at the incoming army and the opposing castle. And so you can either you win either by destroying the other castle or uh, stealing their flag, or you lose by getting your castle destroyed by ha- having your flag stolen. And so you, it's it's really interesting in that you can either kind of focus on the ballista and trying to destroy the castle, or you can you know try to control your troops as far as outlaying them uh, and then letting them go out and, and fight or uh, fight in the, in the battlefield. Or the other thing you can do is you can actually control your hero um, and then you know actually play as the character out on the battlefield. Uh, you know, slaying enemies and, and working your way through there. Uh, and the story mode does a nice job of sort of mixing up the different gameplay so that you're not really do, you know, focusing on one style too much. Um, but we even played a little bit of the multiplayer the other week, and that was that was pretty fun. So all in all, I enjoyed the game. It, it's you know, it's a nice little. It's nothing. It's nothing too hardcore. Um, it's I forget how much it was on Steam, but it's it's. Uh, I think it's been on Xbox for a while though. Already, right? Castle Storm. I've never yeah. heard of it. Then right. again, I don't turn on my Xbox. So yeah, <laughs> but no, that's that. So that was a fun little game. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is uh, Full Full. Was it Full Mojo Rampage? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of that. I have a preview build for that. Um, that I'm not sure when that comes out, but uh, that's where it's uh, it's sort of a twin stick uh, ARPG, kind of like. Um, Realm of the Mad God, where you're, uh, I don't have a twin stick. I'm using a keyboard on now. So the, I'm, you're, you're running around on a little overhead map uh, using the WASD keys uh, to move. And then where you're, wherever your mouse is, that's where you're shooting. And you've got different wands that you can shoot. And it's, it's all uh, voodoo-themed. So you've got different different loas that uh, give you powers. Uh, you place totems that, that, that can do stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm still playing playing that for a little bit. But that's also a fun little game, too. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, what you got, Mikey? Uh, did I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but like I finished. Remember me in a day. Yeah, you talked about that already. Okay, done that. Uh, I played Shin Megami Tensei Four. I'm kind of let down by it. It's <sighs> Shin Megami Tensei tends to have a a high difficulty curve. But I feel like the challenge isn't a fair challenge, per se. Like, it seems like every random encounter can wipe out your entire party in one hit if, you, if you're if you not prepared for every single fight. Um, I also feel that I'm kind of let down because Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, which was technically Shin Megami Tensei 3, um, which is an amazing game. And this one, while the story is really good, I'm not really feeling the, it just doesn't seem like this should be Shin Megami Tensei 4. Like, it just seems really kind of like 
watered down and kind of thrown a hard difficulty, but not because it's actually hard, but because it's just throwing shit at you that that's just not even in the realm of fairness. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes sense. Like, instead of balancing it out and make it challenging, they just made it ridiculously hard. And instead of, like, you know, there being, like, the ridiculously hard fights being bosses, it's like every single fight almost can feel like a boss fight at some times. Mm. And it can just wear you out, because there's there's times where it's like, you just finished a random encounter, and you just blew almost your entire, you blew, like, a lot of shit just to get out of that. Yeah. And then a couple steps later, oh, sh- here comes another one. And there's no way to around it because you can tend to you can kind of dodge them if you're careful. But like if they hit you, they get like an initial hit. And if you hit them, you get an initial hit. So it's almost better to just take the fucking hit and hit them before they hit you because they hit you first. It can like take a good chunk of your health, your party's health. and. I don't know, I'm not as... This is probably my least favorite Shin Megami Tensei game I've played. Okay. There, it's not a bad game, but there's just a lot of things that don't live up to the pedigree. And the fact that this is a Shin Megami Tensei main game, like it's literally Shin Megami Tensei 4. It's not Persona or Digital Devil Saga or Raida no Kuna oh fuck what's his name Devil Summoner or whatever I'll just go with that or you know Devil Hackers this is like a the this is supposed to be a mainstay not a spin-off of the Shimigami Tensei series and it just seems like it's kind of lackluster compared to the rest of the series of other games have spun off of it hmm. you know what i mean yeah, I've actually never been a, a fan of the series, so I wouldn't even know. Like, actually, I have performed Persona Four Arena, and to be perfectly honest with you, like I know people were fans of the series kind of liked it because of how much um, story was in it, but I couldn't get past the story. It was so much fucking talking. Well, yeah, I, that's, I, I never plus, got it. I mean, you're you're this is. I mean, it's a fighting game. I mean, you're not there for the story anyway, unless. The Shimigami Tensei fans are because it actually connects Persona 4 to probably... It connects Persona 4 to... And it connects actually the entire Persona series together in this fighting game. And then hints at Persona 5 if you make your way through it. Right. But other than that, like, I mean... It was at EVO, but I mean... Meh. I liked it, but I stopped playing it after a while. Yeah, I have it, and I don't know. Actually, I might trade it in, because I, I never play it, so who knows? We'll see. Well, what else have you been playing, though? Yeah, I honestly... uh, I played more Project X-Zone. I've actually like stopped playing Mega Shimigami Tensei 4 and just started playing Project X-Zone again. Yeah. That game is just really fucking fun. I don't... I just don't know why it's so good. Oh, and I started playing... I bought Prince of Persia for Steam. And I started playing that. Okay. And I'm just reliving that, and I, I, I'm like, God, I miss this fucking game. Actually, I have the Prince of Persia for Steam, and I, I don't even have them installed. I just bought them on a whim one day. Uh, mm-hmm. No, no, sorry, not on a whim, but uh, because it, it was there. Shit, fuck it. Um, I bought the HD collection of the, you know, Santa Time Warrior Within Two Thrones. 
Right. So for like five bucks at Best Buy or whatever like that. Cause it was like in the clearance bargain bin. Yeah. But I haven't ever po- I haven't ever popped it in. But I I'm playing the Elica Prince of Persia on my PC. Okay. So. And I'm like, man, I miss this fucking game. I wish there was a sequel. But yeah, that's, that's not it. gonna happen. Shh, we got Mirror's Edge too. Don't crush all my dreams. No, it's wide. And there's talk of Beyond Good and Evil too. So you know what? If we, if Beyond Good and Evil two is possible, by damn. <laughs> that's because they need some. Uh... You know, they need some nostalgia. That's they, they know people want the nostalgia, so... Well, I thought that's, that's what, what Rayman was for. for. Uh, for nostalgia? Yeah, Rayman's old as shit. Uh, that's true. But I don't think it's given the nostalgia that people... That's really, true. really want it. You know, really want You know, you have your... Well, I, I kind of hate to call Beyond Good and Evil nostalgia. Because it came out, like, you know, I don't know... PS2. It was a PS2 game. Well, yeah. Like, 10 years ago at this point? God, was that really 10 years ago? I'm pretty sure it was 10 years ago. Like, Holy fuck, I feel old. Oh, I think it's over 10 years ago. <laughs> it feels like just yesterday. God. Yeah, it does not feel... Yeah, Actually, I have the uh, the, the newer version, the HD version Wait. of my uh, laptop. Oh, sorry, my laptop on my Xbox. Yeah, I was gonna say that come out on Steam. Did an HD version ever hit Steam, or was it only on 360 PS3? It was uh, 360 PS3. I don't think an HD version came out on PC. I don't even think the game came out on PC. Oh, that's true. Probably didn't. Yeah. So, uh, but is that all you've been playing? Yeah, that's 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 about it. Okay. Um, let's see. I played some more Horizon. I meant to write that that uh preview over the weekend, but I started playing a little bit, and of course, I got hours sucked into that thing. Um, but besides Horizon, no, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. God said everything I could say about that game last week, and the aliens are still being dicks. Um, I'm very close to wiping out that race I was talking about last week. So, uh, that's nice. I did start playing another game called Humans Must Answer. It is a side-scrolling shooter. It's a side-scrolling shooter. And at first, I was a little upset. Not upset with it, but I wished it was faster. I wished, like, you know, the reaction was fast, like, like Ikaruga fast. And Oh, shit. That's, that's a little... Ikaruga was a little nuts. Well, I wanted to go Ikaruga fast because the, the beginning stages of that game were kind of a little lackluster. But then, like, you know, early on, you learn that you can... um deploy these turrets to fire one of the types of ammo. So you deploy a turret and leave it where it is and you could drop down or up and, you know, fire at somebody else. And, you know, it only took about a stage or two, but you quickly find out that you need to be able to do that just to get through the fucking stages. Like, it is impossible for you to hit everything. Like, if you want to try to get 100% on a stage, like, you have to deploy that, like, um, you have to deploy it wisely. You know, like, these three enemies may come out and they have shields on them, so, you you know, you deploy a turret up, you know, uh, above you that has the, uh, an ammo type that could go through the shields, and then you go and you handle another one of the, uh, the same type of enemies on your own. You know, and sometimes, like, you'll have multiple paths, and you need to have the turret go up the top path, and you go down the bottom path, and vice versa. It really, or sometimes you just need the extra firepower. It's like sometimes you just, you just need to deploy it and fire along with it. 
just to handle the amount of enemies that are going to be on the screen or how strong those enemies are. So it's actually a pretty good. It's it's a it's a good game. Um, it reminds me the ship reminds me a bit a little bit of Star Fox only because it's a chicken. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's like a, a chicken ship, but it's like the Great Fox. You know, like the Great Fox is supposed to be like a fox, but it's a spaceship. Yeah, it's like that. So it's actually it, it's pretty good. I like it. That uh, that's gonna be a review, and that will be ready next week. That review will be ready to go next week. So it was good. I liked it, and um. I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about side-scrolling shooters because side-scrolling shooters, it's not that much detail you can go into about it. Like, you know, you don't get hit and you, f- you make fuck shit up and don't get fucked up. But basically, I see the rules of a side-scrolling shooter. So, and let's talk about Ikaruga. That's a different story. That shit was crazy. Yeah, I love Ikaruga. It's one of my favorites. I could not get past... I could not get past stage three or four. can't remember. Uh, yeah, they're tough. Like, actually, I watched a video of a guy who did the last stage. Well, he did. He went through all the stages with one life on the hardest difficulty. And it was incredible. Fuck on that. My, on the hardest difficulty. Fuck that. On the hardest difficulty, I got up to the fourth stage. And there's only five stages. But I got up to the fourth stage, and I couldn't get past it. And in the hardest difficulty, every time you kill an enemy ship, it shoots anyway. So somebody could be shooting at you, and if you destroy an enemy ship, it shoots its last bullet at you, so you have to dodge all that shit. So yeah, it's it's good, it's good. But um, let's move into our topics. Uh, first one should be quick, but you know how these things go. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's an article on Shack News talking about the uh, the PS4's RAM usage, and it turns out that Developers will only be able to access 5.5 gigabytes of RAM for the PS4. So the PS4 is going to have 8 gigs of RAM, but only 5.5 usable by games. Uh, by default, it looks like the by default it looks like the, uh, the system will have uh, it will reserve uh, 3.5 or you know at least 3 gigs of RAM. Uh, it'll reserve, and then one of those gigs is flexible, so it can go between the system and the games, and that's how they managed to get the the, the five point five gigs. Um, and the reason we're talking about it is because it's not really that exciting. Like, okay, fine, they can get five gigs of RAM. Couple things. First of all, all those people who were talking about how the next gen console were uh, the next gen consoles were you know high end PCs. No, that's not a high end PC. They use this 5 gigs of RAM. I was explaining to my earlier, well, not somebody to these guys earlier. I couldn't even play the first Crisis with 5 gigs of RAM for very long because of the memory leak issue. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, besides that, it's now, it's a, that, this is just another piece of news that's coming out that shows you how similar the Xbox One and the PS3 are actually going to be. You know? It's it's got the that like the same RAM uh usage, uh pretty much the same power, uh the same policies now that Microsoft keeps flip flopping everything. You know? The only thing that Sony doesn't have a direct answer for is cloud computing, the way the way that the Xbox One handles cloud computing. Other than that, it's pretty much the same thing. So 
while people are sitting there arguing which which one's going to be better or more powerful, or say, well, you know, people have room to argue which one could be better, but don't put power and features <laughs> aren't going to be, I guess, part of that equation. Right now, it's all about the games. Which one's going to get the better games? The better exclusive games. Because uh-huh. Sony, j- just an IP, even with all the stuff that Microsoft showed, just an IP, Sony can beat that. Pull out an Uncharted, pull out a God of War, pull out another Infamous with Cole, you know. With Cole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to mention the Cole part. Yeah, with Cole. I mean, because they, they're, they're doing another, they're doing an Infamous, but I'd be honest with you. I mean, it's, I don't think, it's not that I don't think it's going to be a bad thing or a bad game or anything like that. You just miss Cole. I, I want, I want Cole. I want, I want to see what happens to him. We know what happens to him. Well, it depends on the ending. Well, yeah. Well, they they said they've already confirmed the good ones canon. Hmm. Because that's because what they did is they looked at the stats of on their of everyone's first playthrough. Which one did they do? Right. And more players did good side versus bad side. Sure, you you always do the good side first because that's the standard one, and then th- that's how you see. Okay, this is where I'm going to come back on the bad playthrough well, and really fuck everything what up. If, well, what if? Some people think it's opposite, Nick. It's not all that way. Like well, there's people that played bad. That's what I was gonna say. Infa- like bad and good and infamous two. Infamous one is one thing, but bad and good and infamous two are actually different. Most of your bad decisions in infamous two aren't necessarily bad. They're just a different. Like you know, they're different. Like I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want anybody. I don't want to ruin. It for anybody, so I'm not going to talk about it on the Mashcast. We do have a podcast where we talked about Infamous and another open world. I think it was Infamous at Arkham City, and we discussed the ending there. But the actual, yeah, like the there are decisions that have to be made, especially the last decision, because basically with the last decision of that game, you are choosing who's going to die, which group of people are going to die. Yeah. Is what you're, is what you're choosing. So every decision's bad. You know, that's the thing. Like, but they they put a good or bad on it. I should say. How do we start talking about this? <laughs> IP. This, yeah, this is Nick bringing this is us. How, this, yeah, is, this is this me. Is, yeah, <laughs> Nick, like, this is Nick. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't bring up Infamous. Nope, Nick's fault. Nick's fault. I brought it up for a second. Like, yeah. It's kind of Mike's fault too. He started talking about coal, and that hit a heart, that hit, hit, hit a warm no, spot. No, you mentioned that it had to be coal, infamous, and then I just I said, "Does it?" Well, have I to just, be coal? I just want to continue the story. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Of coal, and see how his powers develop. Because if you think about it, he he's so powerful he can time travel. Sorry, infamous one spoiler. So, so if, if he can time travel, could he travel to the future and tell us exactly how much memory the PS4 has? No, because the end of Infamous Two is why. There you go. Hey, well that that the end of Infamous Two leaves it very open. I'll I'll say that's that's all I'll say about it. It leaves it open. So it doesn't explain how much memory the PS4 has. No, it does not. It does not explain how much memory the PS4 has. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically, like from what I can see, Sony, in my opinion, I should say, not from what I can see, but in my opinion, Sony has an advantage just in IP because these two consoles are pretty much going to be the same. Especially now that Sony 
is really taken seriously the online game because when the PS3 first came out, they weren't taking the online. I mean, they were taking it seriously, but not at, not all that seriously. Microsoft definitely blazed the trail for console multiplayer, definitely. Yes. And I think we're going to see a lot of improvement on PSN, especially now that people like you have to pay for it. You know, like there's no choice. Like, even though, like you know, you're getting all this stuff with PlayStation Plus. Now there has to be, you know, now there has to be uh, an improvement to the service. And apparently Party Chat's going to be one of them, which is nothing new to Xbox gamers. But the, uh, for PS, you know, for PS, uh, for PS3 players, I think Party Chat is going to be uh, a nice hit for them. The, the network changes, though, I mean, those, like the cloud, those are all external to the they're all external to the system. You're not really using too much of, you know, of the, of the game memory in particular to run those features. Correct? No, no. Well, to the network features. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, be honest with that three, like that three gigs, like your party chat would be run inside of that. Yeah. It'd be part of that. So that, so, so, so that doesn't apply towards that. Um, so I mean, so fundamentally, when it comes down to actually running the games themselves and doing the the actual games processing, putting aside putting aside whatever background calculations can be pushed to the cloud, and I think we've established before that it's not it's very specific calculations, and there aren't that many. Um, over overall, the the systems have roughly the same four and a half five gigs of memory available to each of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, this is sort of an opinion question. Um, now, I've played the Xbox 360. I don't play, I don't have one. But even in for this generation, are the graphics between the PS3 and the Xbox that different? The PS3 and the Xbox? No. Yeah. No, actually, no. I'll put it to you like this. They, I think they look a bit more different, only because most of the PS3 games play at 720p. Whereas the Xbox, most of them will play at 1080i. But that's, that's an output issue. That's not so much a processing issue. It's not a processing issue, um, and the thing is, like, the, th- the thing about them is that a lot of the games on the 360 will play at 24 frames per second or below, whereas most stuff on the PS3 will play at at least 30 frames and above. That was the goal, was to have these games playing at, like, 60 frames per second. Have we ever hit that on a console release? Yeah. A lot of Next games. one. And plus now. There's a lot. There's actually quite a few games on the PS3 that play at 60 frames per second. The original Infamous plays at 60 frames per second. Uh, Yeah, I don't know why moderns don't. uh, Does Metal Gear? I can't remember if Metal Gear does, but there's quite a few. Uh, Wipeout HD definitely plays at 60 frames per second. That's why that game looks amazing. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, like, I, I think, like, I used to buy games on a 361 because I preferred it, but two, because they did look better only because of the whole 720p thing. Like, you know, Sony locking them into 720p. But that's not going to be an issue. Like, I think this generation, every game, 1080p, and I would say probably at 60 frames per second to start. As the generation progresses, um, we're going to see those, those frames drop down. As they try to push the limits of the system, there's no choice. No well, choice. Are we going to run any any problems with the at least on the PS4 with it being uh, what, 4K TV compatible? 
I won't do that for games. I'm not going to do it for games. Yeah, okay. no games. That's gonna a happen. long run. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not going to do it for, for games, movies only. And they'll finally catch up, catch up with us seven years down the road because PC can already do it. So just waiting for my uh, 4K monitors to pop up, you know. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, PS4 memory, pretty much the same as the Xbox 360. Sorry, the Xbox One. Another, I guess, difference that has been shattered between the two. So I don't know. You gotta, you gotta. If you're only gonna have one this season, this holiday season, they seem pretty even. Unless you're like me, like I can't even get an Xbox One if I wanted to, because I can't fit the sound. I can't fit the connect. So you'll just have to get a bigger apartment is what you need to do. Yeah, Microsoft wants me to accommodate. I say, fuck that. They have to accommodate me. Like I said in my editorial, I wrote, like, they, why do you not have a core model? You need to have a core model. $400. $400. The Sony is coming out at $400, and the Xbox does not provide, or the, the Xbox one does not provide an extra $100 worth of, uh, you know, console. It doesn't. I want somebody to tell me it does. And don't tell me the connect because I don't want it. Because if you do kind of connect, sure. That's an extra $100 worth of uh, console of, that I don't want. You know? That's like somebody putting too much food on your plate and you don't want that much food. Then you're just unhappy. <laughs> but you don't think there's any chance that between now and November that, that Microsoft's marketing department can sway you? Microsoft's marketing department is fucking terrible. Yeah. They are god awful. Look. And that's Nick segueing into the next topic. <laughs> look, look, <laughs> look. Uh, I don't wanna I, mean, I don't wanna fool the uh our fans here or our listeners thinking that hey, we're all good at segueing now. Well we're really not. No, we're fucking terrible. <laughs> because Jarrett will ruin good ones even if we make them happen exactly consistency people like consistency i don't like change <laughs> exactly nobody likes change and what is nick's cat doing on the camera why is nick's cat on the camera i, I don't know nick had to get up apparently something happened and it involved i don't know the cat. all uh, i know is throw him out yeah uh, okay. throw out your cat wow that's yeah. sad dude you just pissed off the internet I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you guys didn't hear him a moment ago. No, nah, no. Nah. He was being kind of that, loud. That's Mikey's mic. That's super sensitive. Apparently. Yeah. My cat is actually made out of metal. So. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, actually, I just saw a post come up on Facebook, and somebody bought the the Legacy Collection of Metal Gear Solid, and now I'm getting ready to buy that on Amazon, like right now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Right so now. you're so if if they right put now. the Xbox One on Facebook and you see somebody bought the Xbox One on Facebook, then you might be like, yeah, okay, now I'll buy it. No, on no, Amazon. No, I mean, I I forgot to. I, I was I meant to pick it up anyway, but I forgot it was coming out because I've been busy. We I, we've actually been getting uh, pretty swamped with like codes and stuff. Um, Nick only does like you know Nick's a busy guy, so he only does like one at a time. But I'm like I have like a couple of things I'm I'm working on right now. <laughs> So, but back to that segue. <laughs> it's dead now. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, what Nick was trying to bring up was a um, 
well, there's an article in the PA Report, Nick's favorite uh, online journal. It's up there. Uh, which it says Microsoft is killing this. Mash those buttons. Favorite behind mash those buttons. <laughs> yeah, you better cover your butt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so it says Microsoft is killing the surface with breakdancing, and it's going to hurt the Xbox One. And basically, that you know, Ben Kucher is talking about those breakdancing commercials uh, that Microsoft put out for the the Surface originally. Now, I like those commercials. I think they're nice. But then again, I also know what the Surface does already. That's the but thing. Not, not only that, but do you own a Surface? No, you don't. No, so, I don't own a Surface. No, so fundamentally, there's no, you know, it, it's, I mean, did, did it raise brand awareness as much as any other commercial might? But it hasn't really, you know, to, to, I don't think we can say that it spurred sales. And the fact that Microsoft just had to write off 900, was it 900 billion in losses? Uh, regarding the surface, and they've That's got a almost a trillion console. dollars, Nick. What you said, nine hundred billion dollars? It's trillion? No, I'm pretty sure it's like nine billion. Is it? Let's see what what was that? Microsoft is losing that much money and and not completely panicking. Well, no, they, well, they of course they're completely panicking. We talked about them restructuring the entire company. That's not. But, oh, it yeah. was it was a it was on the quarterly statement. It was like an accounting move that they had to write off a whole ton of of service inventory, right? But not nine hundred billion dollars. It was either that's what I'm checking now. What was the amount? If it's nine hundred billion, if somebody can lose nine hundred billion dollars, I'm gonna okay, kill myself. Nine hundred million. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say if they if they had that much money that they lost nine hundred billion dollars and they're still standing. I would kill myself <laughs> because of how, how shitty my life really is, <laughs> you know, because they lost 900 billion and they're okay. 900 million. Yeah. But, but, the, but, but the point stands that they've been taking a beating on the Surface tablet and it hasn't been selling as well as they expected. It's not making the inroads into the tablet market that they expected. The iPad is still dominant in that regard. And so... You know, Kuchera's argument is a lot of this has to do with Microsoft's marketing. And, and it goes back to that for anyone who follows Penny Arcade on a regular basis, you know, Mike Krahulik ha- has a surface. He uses it to draw the comics on now. Not all, not all, it's not his professional rig, but he uses it for, for when he's traveling. And there's even a, an anecdote about how at PAX Australia, he was able to plug it into the projector with an HDMI cable and get, you know, a decent presentation for the make a, stri- make a strip panel. Whereas normally they they, ha- they have to use a bunch of different cables and there's a, sort of an arcane process and it never works properly. And so, you know, at least at least from from Krulik's perspective, that this is a great device and it functions very well. And, you know, he has no problem evangelizing for it. But Microsoft, whose job it is to sort of get that message out, they can't do that for fear of tripping over themselves. And so the problem then is that if we kind of extrapolate that to the Xbox One and already look at how Microsoft handled the product launch back in May, they handled E3, and then, you know, the, the turnaround on all the policies, and already, the, the, you know, whoever's in charge of this, you know, of getting the message out has been doing a terrible job thus far, and there's no reason to think that going forward into November when they have the actual product launch, when we start seeing commercials on TV for the Xbox One, that there's no reason to think that th- those commercials are going to be significantly better than what we've seen from them before. Well, it's not like the my, – I'm pretty sure Microsoft has different marketing departments for different – uh, business units. 
the the, the Xbox marketing department now, I, I couldn't imagine that's the same as the Surface marketing department. I would almost wonder if after the redesign, they're not the same departments now. Because it seems to me that the way that they, they're trying to streamline the company, they would have thrown all the marketing departments together into one big conglomerate. Not if they're doing bad. They're like, hey, we got to break you guys up. <laughs> you know, don't put the bad kids together in class. Type oh, deal. I think it's they're they're doing so bad they can only they can't do any worse. Uh, but the, you know, we, uh, Nick is right, or even Ben. Actually, Ben is right. Um, <laughs> the Surface marketing, like, while you know, I think it's a good device. It, I don't need one. That's why I don't have one. But I know a whole bunch of people who would actually benefit from using such a device, uh, especially the Surface Pro. I've seen people go from like you know completely you know go go from using laptops and desktops to only using the surface you know if you go from using a laptop to an ipad you're not a power user i've seen power users go from you know using a laptop to a surface and that says a lot uh, it says a whole lot um so you know the the surface definitely has it has a lot of great selling points both the rt and the pro but dude, like if Microsoft can't move that across, well, you know, how are they going to move the Xbox one message across, which they've been failing at so far, you know, they, they've been really sucking at getting that message across. And the thing about the Xbox one versus the, the surface pro is that the Xbox one is frivolous. Like the, the new features of the Xbox one that, you know, make it worth the $500, you know, aren't really worth it. You know, you don't need, they don't need to help you watch TV more efficiently. You know, you don't need that. It's not hard watching television. You know, you don't need the, um, the, the fast switching between TV and video games because guess what? When people play video games, they're playing video games. When people are watching TV, they're watching TV. That only helps when somebody's like, dude, Turn this on real quick. How often does that happen? You know? Rare, because you can YouTube it later. Exactly. <laughs> Sporting events, maybe. Sporting events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you gotta stay off, you gotta stay off Twitter in the interim. Yeah, so Yeah, it's yeah, the, the features of the Xbox One compared to the features of the Surface are not that impressive in terms of what they do for the user. Uh so how is Microsoft gonna gonna translate that? Because we just we just talked about how similar the PS4 and the Xbox One are gonna be. Yep. We've already seen Sony start their marketing push for the PS4 um, with the the greatness awaits campaign, and we've seen Sony we we've seen Sony kind of masterfully pull off some marketing campaigns even previously. I mean, there was the whole what was it, the Michael campaign. That kind Ooh. of actually set up all stars, if yeah. anything. That was and badass. That was badass. And then we even had um, the uh, the executive. Why can't I think of his name right now? Who? Uh... Your grandma used to play with a stick. Exactly. A stick. Exactly. Stick. And, close and, those commercials. And, I mean, you, you but you look at those advertisements, and there's no focus on actual gameplay. There's there's. I mean, they show some graphics for some of the games, but. There's no, it's, it's, it's all very attitude related. It's all, 
it's all sort of tying into the feelings you get playing a gamer. I mean, there's the one part in the Greatness, Greatness Awaits commercial when the guy kind of walks out onto like the battlefield and you see like Diablo and some of the guys from Killzone and the, and uh, I think Assassin's Creed is in there and it's all this one big mishmash of all these worlds that we know. And, and it's, it's visceral in a way because it's, it, it feels like it's an, a, an actual battlefield, like stuff is happening there. And it's a feeling that you kind of get when you're playing these games, when you're out in the middle of, you know, you know, like a battlefield for Killzone, for example. And so you know, that commercial ties into that and it kind of makes you pumped up to be like, okay, you know, whatever they're coming with, I'm going to get in on this. You know, the breakdancing, you know, I mean, I'll, and granted that's for a different product, but the breakdancing, I mean, that's all that tries to part portray like, you know, this is kind of cool and forward thinking, but it doesn't, it's, it, it doesn't tie into the ultimate user experience that you're getting there. Nope. You don't use the tablet and then feel like, yeah, I could be, you know, like, you know, like, dancing to dubstep right now because i'm switching apps it doesn't i don't know it doesn't translate the same way yeah that's absolutely true <laughs> a very valid point you know even though I, d- I did think the uh the little girls were the creepiest part of that commercial that surface movement commercial especially if you watch the extended one um yeah i, I think Microsoft, one of their biggest challenges is going to be the, the the marketing push for the Xbox One. And I think another challenge they're going to have is actually coming to grips with reality as to where they are in the grand scheme of things. Because I think they think that they are farther ahead than they actually are. And that's going to be a problem I, for them. I don't know if they even know where they are. Because you don't... I don't see how you can reverse all those policies... And still think that you're ahead of the game in any way, shape, or form. Like that, like the fact that they turned around on all that to me says like they, they they realize on some level that they screwed up. But like I don't know if they can get from where they where they are to where they want to be. I don't know. I think they need to. Yeah, I don't know. They need to lower the price, and, and I think that makes all the difference. I mean, like we've said before, they're effectively the same console. It's just that the PS4 doesn't have a Connect. Yeah, or it's optional. Yeah. All they have to do, I'm telling you, they would be in, in better shape if they made it optional. Make it optional and, you know, go from there and let the people choose from there because you're making people's decision for them right now. So, um, with that in mind, let's just move on to our next topic which is regarding Phil Fish, which you guys have probably no doubt heard about because it made uh, big splashes over the weekend, Phil Fish's departure from the games industry. Uh, But then also on Monday, I mean, how many posts can we have about internet bullying in one day? (laughs) You know, like how many are are we going to have? Well, what's the point of having an argument on the internet? You're just going to, both parties lose at that point. Uh, not everybody loses. When it turns <laughs> into when it turns win, into a name calling fight, when it turns into like what it turned into, everyone loses. It wasn't a name calling fight. It it turned into a name calling fight. It evolved into that. Between who? That's tw- I mean they were basically like passive aggressively like name calling each uh, practically almost name calling each other. 
It was oh, like no, they weren't practically name calling each other. <laughs> they were name calling each other. Let's 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 give a little background as to what happened. So this is all Microsoft's fault, actually. Um, <laughs> Somehow yeah, this is it is all Microsoft's fault. Yeah. So uh, last week, as you guys know, Microsoft reversed the policy on well, not necessarily reversed the policy, but they're saying that any publishers will be able to self-publish. And there will be uh, no certification fee. I think it'll cost $100 to get in. But they didn't really, really release any details. So, what game media outlets did, Mash Those Buttons didn't do this, but other games media outlets did this, they immediately began reaching out um, for reaching out for quotes from developers. Uh, they were, they wanted to get developers, uh, indie developers input on what was uh, what they thought, you know, about Microsoft changing this policy, and the problem is that Microsoft really didn't make that big of an announcement. Well, sorry, the announcement was big, but it didn't have any details. Like there was, there's no detail as to what the program actually consists of. So let's start with Jonathan Blow because he kind of kicked things off here. Uh, so Jonathan Blow, oh, where is that? Oh, here we go. Jonathan Blow. Um, he basically, he quotes the email, or one of the emails that he was getting. And he says, five different emails I've received in the past hour. And then he says, and this is all on Twitter, by the way. Instead of asking developers for useless punditry about a rumor, how about digging into the actual facts, finding out details, etc.? You know, um, actually, here, I'll, I'll, I'll read his exact quote as to what he said he was getting. Um, hey, we are running a game journalism story that says another site said there's a rumor with no details about some console thing. Can we get a comment from you on this important issue? You know, he's basically, he's making fun of them. And this is something that we've talked about before, like, you know, one site, well, actually perfect example is when I was mad about uh, Joystick reporting that they knew what exactly was in the Xbox One, or the, not before we, the next Xbox. This is before the Xbox One even had a name. They were reporting that they knew what type of graphics card was in it, and in reality, they were just co- they were just linking back to IGN's rumor, you know. Mm-hmm. So stuff like this happens way too frequently. So that's what Jonathan Blow says uh, about these uh, these uh, these messages that he's getting, and then Phil Fish joins in, and uh, then he says the news isn't even out yet. Calm the fuck down. Seriously, game journals. When you ask me to comment on a rumor from another from another site that you're reporting as news, it makes you look bad. Wait an hour and until it's actually news. Why don't you? That's what Phil Fish says. So okay, I mean, you could take that as a little a little snarky. It definitely wasn't the nicest tone they could have, you know, approached that with, or they could have just said nothing at all. You know, I, I want to say that's not even that snarky. Yeah, I, I mean, really especially isn't. for the reputation that these guys have. I mean, that, that's all that's all valid criticisms that they're making. Yep. So I think what what comes next is really, really, I think, where we start to go off the rails. Yep. Yeah. So, so this guy, his name is Marcus Beer, right? Beers. I think, uh, yeah, Marcus Beers, who I've never heard of before. I've never heard of this guy. Um, He was on the Invisible Walls podcast. Uh, from Game Informer. So it was Game Trailer. Uh, so Game Trailer, sorry. 
and he pretty much just goes on and starts railing Phil Fish and Jonathan Blow, like, the way he described it, because that's how I learned about it first. The way he made it sound is like, uh, you know, Game Informer asked the question to Jonathan Blow and Phil Fish, and they were like, how dare you ask us these questions? That is not the tone they took at all. That's not the tone they took at all. And his point was that, you know, because of game journalism, became because of game journalists, uh, and the publicity that they give the indie devs, you know, the publicity they, they give their games, that these indie devs need to do their part and provide quotes. It's basically what he was saying. Nick, th- that is what he was saying. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm looking at your face. Yeah, I'm just no, no, like... no I, I, I know what he was saying. Yeah, I'm just kind of making a face like, like he's, he's kind of, he's a toss pot for saying that. Yeah, and the, Nick keeps saying toss pot because that's what he said. And I think he needs to know, toss pot is not an insult in America. <laughs> it just makes you sound silly, okay? Toss pot is not an insult in the United States, and this is definitely an American podcast. Thank you very much. So, oh yeah, but he, 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 he straight up called Phil Fish like an asshole, which Phil Fish can't be an asshole, but I think Phil Fish knows he can be an asshole. But this was not an asshole they thing were- to do. They were looking to get a rise out of him, and they did exactly what, and they got yeah. exactly what they wanted. Honestly, that was what happened. They wanted to antagonize him to get more story than what it was worth. They antagonized him, and he came out swinging. And so, boom, more, more news. Yeah, basically, I, I know Marcus Beers. He he was probably very proud of himself. He's proud of the fact that was- we know who he is now. Yeah. yeah, but I'm st- yeah. I st- it's not like I'm gonna follow the guy. Now he's an asshole, in my opinion. They're both assholes. I really, I really don't want to have. I really don't want to deal with him at all. But if 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 you listen to the inv- invisible walls part, he and admittedly, I've only listened to the part where he talks about uh, Jonathan Blow and Phil Fish. But he even says like, "This is my bitch fest of the week," or, or something along those lines. Like it almost seems to be implied like he's always complaining about something every week, and so. It almost seems like that may be sort of his persona or the sort of the way he approaches that show. And so, I mean, it's not necessarily surprising then that this is kind of the, I mean, we've seen, I mean, we, we, I mean, there's plenty of people out there who take very sort of hostile, or maybe not hostile, but, but very rough stances in their presentations. I mean, Jim Sterling's made a, a living out of that over at The Escapist of, of kind of, you know, like, you know, telling it as it is and being very harsh in, in that regard. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the style that he's going for. And it's easy, it's easy on the internet to be a blowhard. That's the, that's sort of the problem that Phil Fish is running into here is that, you know, it, it, it's easy to be a blowhard. There's lots of blowhards on the internet and beers got lucky in that he was the one that, you know, he's the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, this could just as easily have been a, probably like one of probably like 50 other guys that, you know, f- could have gotten fish to quit. It just so happened, you know, beers was the one, you know, standing at the counter when the decision was made. Yeah, like, it definitely, this is definitely something that's been, you know, being pushed over time. Um, and even Phil Fish said that. But, I mean, it's because he's constantly, I don't want to say he's constantly under attack, but he's in the spotlight a lot. But that's mainly because of what he says, you know. And now, that, I'm going to say something about Phil Fish. Um, he's way too sensitive. He's too sensitive. For the type of person he is or the type of things he says, he's too sensitive. If you're gonna if you're gonna be open, which you are more than what you have, he has more than the right 
to say what he wants and be open. But when you open yourself up like that and you say what you want, just be you have to be prepared. You have to be open on the, on the other side too that people are going to say what they want to say, especially if you offend mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. for him to like for for this to be oh, I'm just too much, I'm done, I'm quitting. I'm not going to take this abuse. Like dude, like come on now, get it together. Like you you have been saying shit for uh, you know, at least what a year or two now. You know, that we've known about you for the most part. You know, I I, I agree that, that that he he comes across sensitive in this case, but I I think the the only quantity that we don't know is how much of that has he been getting over the last few years. I mean, you know, starting with the uh, you know was the Japanese uh, the Jap- the attack on Japanese games, and then you know just not being that good, and sort of you know he the blowback that he got after that, and it might just be the the kind of thing where you know, he's not me. May not be a sensitive guy, but you know, like how, like how thick does your skin have to be to be sort of a prominent indie developer? And I mean, he he does bring it about on himself because he does make these comments, and it's 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 kind of it's kind of an unfortunate situation in that regard, where he's got that kind of mentality where he goes out and he kind of trolls he trolls the community, so then they troll him back. And at some point, somebody's got to give. The thing is, the community is is unrelentless. You can break one troll, but another one's just going to step up into their place. And so, it, you know, so if you look at it as a war of attrition, he's guaranteed to lose that. It's and, you know, like I said, it, it's you know, maybe beers doesn't get him this week. You know, somebody gets him next week. But if, if you look at it in that regard, and, and you can say that he's too sensitive for the attitude that he has, um, you know. But then again, it's like. You know how thick how thick does your skin need to be? Because it seems like he 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 needs like infinitely thick skin, and I don't know if that exists. I mean, I just think don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't getting pelted by people, which he was. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like he didn't say. It's not like he's the type of person that is respectful, very respectful to people, and now he's like you know getting shit on by the internet because he says one thing. No, no, this is like, he got shat on because, yes, I did say shat. (laughs) He got shat on because of his ongoing reputation. But for some, for my, my, my point is for somebody that has that type of reputation or, you know, does that, he, he is is a requirement that he has thicker skin. You should not be talking that shit. Uh, you know, and it's not this case, but in cases before, you should not be saying the things that you were saying if you don't have thick skin. If you can't take it, you can't dish well, it. In his defense, he, he, you know, the saying, what, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. He got out of the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> he openly admitted, I can't take the heat. So, I mean, that, that, that well, was... he left the whole fucking industry, so. Yeah. But. I don't like, I mean, that's the only negative thing I have for Phil Fish is that he needs to buck up and get it together because of the type of person that he is. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just, I think he's being way too sensitive for the type of shit that he likes to talk. However, in this case, he was not in the wrong at all. I think he was 100% in the right to say what he said. And this guy, Marcus Beers, just hopped, hopped all over him because Mar- if apparently Marcus Beers thinks that he, you know, Phil Fish owes game journalism. When to be honest with you, developers mm-hmm. don't owe game journalists anything. Nope. In this day and age of Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Tumblr, all these different ways for these companies and developers to reach their audience, 
they don't need game journalists. You know, they really don't. Yeah. And game journalists need the they need the developers. They need exclusives. You know, uh-huh. they need exclusives and they need to they review copies and the previews. They need this stuff. Game journalism just don't owe I'm oh, sorry, the, the the game developers don't owe game journalists anything. So then that's the way Marcus Beers really came off and yeah, he's encouraging, you know, like Game Informer and whoever else was affected by, you know, this attitude to not cover Phil Fish and Jonathan Bull's game. And I'm like, you know what? If they do that, that's fine. That's fine. But he didn't really need to blow up like he he blew it out of proportion. For for them just bring to light something the game industry does all the time. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking annoying, by the way. Fucking annoying. It really is. So, yeah. Actually, no. Uh, the uh, didn't uh, Cliffy B write a letter to Phil Fish? Yes. To try to get him back. Yes. Mikey, yeah. Mikey brought that up. Yeah. Kind of. I was just. I just thought it was weird. I was like, why would Cliffy B care? Well, Cliffy B had a very specific reason for caring, um, which he mentions in 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 the on the on the yeah. Tumblr post that was the letter. Uh, but apparently, I guess he had met with Fish before, uh, and he heard that Fish had received his Oculus Rift dev kit recently. And, and in their communications about that, uh, apparently Cliffy B um, gave some money to Fish as far as I don't I don't know if it was an investment or, or what exactly the terms were. Um, but what is it? Uh, what, I could only imagine what talented Nutty Phil would craft for a device that I believe in so much that I put my own fucking money into it. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Cliffy's, you know, reaching out from a friendship standpoint and, mm-hmm. you know, and even then, as much as we're kind of sitting here taking, taking Phil's side in the matter, I mean, Cliff, Cliffy does the same thing. Um, but he does, you know, but he does point out in the letter, he kind of had, you know, whatever his investment was, presumably he's not getting that back if Fish leaves the game industry. Oh, that's a really cynical way to put it. I thought he was just trying to help the guy out, Nick. Jesus. <laughs> I think he was, nope, too. Fuck but that. There's, it, there, nope, he's just trying to get that money. Money talks, man. It's all, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't see Cliffy B making any money recently. Uh, he has more than enough. He, he'll be fine. He still gets, he still gets oh, revenue know, from the Unreal Engine, doesn't he? Well, I don't think Does he, he directly... For that? I don't think so. I mean, he worked for Epic. He wasn't epic does, <laughs> you he know, still he, work, does he still work for epic i thought he was done with no he, left, no, he, he retired he re- he's retired for a while he, he'll probably he got, come back with his own game studio he got royalty checks game developers like individual devs getting royalty checks uh, no. these aren't country singers yeah but he, he was cliffy b he's like a rock star like a rock star like a rock star <laughs> not a rock star <laughs> that's not how that, that revenue stream works i'm, I'm sorry um, yeah, he, the, the only point that he really makes that I, well, I should say the only point that he really makes that I really agree with, uh, in this, in this letter, but the, the, the best point he makes is that they don't owe game, um, game journalists a thing. He said, we've seen, uh, the rise of many Rush Limbaugh's in the gaming industry and people who do videos or podcasts digging a finger into an open wound that gets the gaming community going because hits. He said, "What you do owe is your gaming community, uh, or your, your the you know your community or the product, uh, the community of the product." And um, 
that's what he's saying to come back for them for the people who want the game and develop it for them which is a good point mm-hmm. i give him that you know you know don't 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 punish your fans for something that uh you know a game journalist made you do so we'll see what happens i can't imagine that this is going to be permanent though i'll be very shocked if this is permanent like you just completely leave your life's work and go do something else you know i would think too at the very least it's got to be comforting for him to see all the people that were sad to see him go i mean you know if you if you're getting frustrated and angry you know because a certain group of people are you know calling you you know blast you know uh, you know insults yeah. from across the pond then if you've got other people who are kind of you know actually say, you know lamenting your loss and kind of begging you to come back if you've yeah, got but- any, if you've got any kind of ego like i think fish does you'll be back sooner rather than later yeah, but I think also you got to also take into consideration the opposite of that. It depends on, honestly, I think it depends on whose voice is louder. The people that miss fish or the people who are like, good, we didn't fucking want you anyway. You know, I mean, there's flip a coin because like, I don't know which one he'll focus on more. That's true. Will he, will he focus on the people that miss him or will he focus on the people that say, go jump off a bridge? Well, like I said, he is sensitive. So he might focus on people that say go jump off a bridge. In his case. Who knows? We'll see. Only time will tell, but I can't imagine that he will actually um he will actually stay going. Like he has to make a living. Oh yeah, but I mean so. people can go off and do other work. People do it all the time. Yeah, but he said he's completely leaving the game industry. It's not like he said he was dropping Fez too <laughs> and making another and, and working on something yeah, else. I mean he's completely leaving the game industry. Well he can go do code shit somewhere else i mean he doesn't have to code games i mean who knows who knows what it'll do he he can live his own life however he wants that is true i, I didn't say he couldn't damn mike <laughs> getting all snippy i'm just Snip. i mean in 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 freaking coding and technology in general like people end up doing jobs they never expected or intended to do to begin with. You know what I mean? I mean. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, I mean, no, it's a lot of times people go in thinking they're going to do one thing and then they can completely do the, a 360 and do completely something different. You know, that's true. Yeah, we'll see. I think he's going to come back though. I, I think if, you know what? He probably will just for the fucking press. Eh, maybe. We'll see. Just so his name will get mentioned again. Alright. Uh, well, that's going to end our topics. We're going to wrap it up on that. Let's see what's coming out next week. Anything good? Pikmin. Looks like Pikmin on the 4th. Oh, that's not. Um, I thought it was out already. I guess reviewers just released their reviews early. And the gold edition of Guacamelee for PC. Didn't even know that was coming out. Yeah, that's it for next week. We're we're getting close. That's it. Yeah, August twentieth. That's when the games start. That's when the games come back. Saints Row three or Saints Row four, um, Splinter Cell. Nah. And what else? There's one. There's something else that's coming out. I don't know. Uh, XCOM the Bureau. XCOM the Bureau, so that's when uh, games make a comeback. That's when we're, mm. we'll be back and ready well, to go. Luckily, we just got that lovely Bioshock Infinite DLC to keep us all busy. 
Yeah. Well, it's actually, that's just like an arena mode, which I'm going to get anyway. But I mean, the combat wasn't bad, so. Oh, yeah. I'm, as I said, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Did you not get the season pass already? No, I'm thinking about it, though. Mm. When? Thinking about it. They haven't announced when the, uh, the, the Rapture DLC hits, have they? Burial at Sea? Uh, yeah. I think they said it was in August, but I don't know. They didn't confirm or anything, I don't think. And uh, really, they're releasing DLC that fast? That doesn't make sense. Well, it's because they... I mean, they put out... Because I think they sold a season pass when Infinite just came out. And so everyone's been like... It's been like really quiet on what that season pass is actually going to be for. So, I don't know. And the and the DLC for the arena came out yesterday. Or was it today? It was either today or yesterday. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. But, yeah, it was yesterday. Okay. So... Um, release date coming soon, so we don't know. That would be August, maybe not. So, but it looks cool as hell. Whatever they're planning, yeah, look pretty good. Yeah, I mean cool. it's Rapture. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like during during its prime. Yeah, it was like before it crashed and all that shit. Yeah, so... Well, and they say Elizabeth will be pl- actually be playable. Yeah. I'm not necessarily looking forward to that, to be honest with you. I'm just... Oh, uh, it just I'll, depends what they I'll, do with her. It just depends. I, think it's, I, was perfect, I, I was perfectly fine with Booker. I, I think it depends what they do with Booker during that. I'd like to have him running around like, Elizabeth, you need ammo? Catch! <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Oh, God. Mm, that actually would be pretty funny. Yeah, it looks like the season pass is like twenty bucks, and the, the the I'm pretty sure the following DLCs will be more than like will probably be like ten bucks a piece. Yeah, and there's gonna be, and I know the burial at sea is a two parter. It's a two part DLC. Oh yeah. So. Mm, yeah. Oh, I might as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and click that right now and get it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's. <laughs> That, yeah, that's gonna end our podcast. <laughs> we have been getting DLC. With Jared buying shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did Jared just buy? Yeah. <laughs> what should I make Jared buy today? <laughs> yeah, actually, good. That's a, actually a good question. What's up with Gunslinger? Have you even played it yet? No, I haven't. You are a terrible person. I'm. You are a terrible person. Will, a okay, spot. you know what? I'll make sure it's on my game. Shut up. <laughs> what did he just say? He calls you a toss pot. Oh my <laughs> Nick. Are you freaking serious right now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna ignore him for a moment. I'm gonna pretend his camera's not even there. I I will make sure it's part of what were you playing next week and I'll talk about it. Okay? Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna bring us uh, our show to an end. Um, yeah, where you can uh, catch us on SoundCloud, which is uh, SoundCloud.com/slash Smash Those Buttons. Uh, we are also on iTunes for your Android and iOS. Uh, uh, not Android, and iOS. Your uh, just pretty much your iOS devices. Uh, we're on Stitch Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices for streaming. Uh, we are on Twitter.com/slash. Uh, MTB site and uh, Facebook.com slash match those buttons and YouTube.com slash match those buttons. 
So as always, we thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Sayonara. Sayonara.